of them. Um, but our, our daughter, Kim, who is also in her second time as honorary mayor of Palm Harbor, she's a busy girl with that and with her real estate business. And uh, they worked us in tonight so that they can come and just minister. And I don't want you to just let them entertain you, okay? I mean, you need to participate. Whenever praise and worship is going on, you need to participate. You need to worship God. I don't care if you know the words of the song or what. You can raise your hands. You can do something. But uh, this is an awesome song, and it goes right along with what I'm preaching tonight. So I am just so delighted that it worked out that you girls could be here. Michaela's just starting a new job, and she's doing college classes, and she's become a busy little girl, too. But... See, the Lord ordained this night, and he's put us all together for a reason. Let's make sure that we've got our faith out there for whatever he has for us tonight. Amen.
That was wonderful. Thank you so much. Okay, what did I do with the glasses? I left them down there. That's the thing about reading glasses. You put them on, you take them off, you put them on, you take them off, and then you don't don't even know where... Worship the tithes and offerings. Hallelujah. Did God say he loves a grumpy, revengeful giver? No. 
He said he loves a cheerful giver. So I'm, I'm going to share a scripture with you tonight. And this lady was a cheerful giver that we're going to read about here for a minute. Mark 12, um, 41 through 44. And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. And many that were rich cast in much. Well, don't we know that Jesus just did cartwheels when he saw that? I mean, Oh, these rich folks are casting in much. I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn cartwheels across the front of the sanctuary here. No, doesn't say that he did much. I mean, it's good that they were rich and they were putting in much. But verse 42 says, then there came a certain poor widow and she threw in two mites which make a farthing. And he called unto his disciples and saith unto them, verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. Now, you got to get a picture of this, that Jesus is standing there, obviously right by the offering basket, looking at what people put in it. We ministered at a church down in the Bahamas, and uh, actually we started a satellite church from our church down there at one point in time. We did a lot of mission work down there. It was great. But... They would stand by the offering basket and they would look at what everybody put in there. And first that kind of offended me, but then I thought, well, Jesus did it. But they would say, who, Pastor Walden Palm, they gave $20. Yay! Oh, Sister Donna, she gave a dollar. I mean, that's just how they acted. And it's like, they didn't acknowledge that that dollar might have meant more to her than our $20 did to us, you know. But Jesus noticed. Jesus noticed. And one thing that jumped out at me about this poor widow is that Jesus said they cast in out of their abundance, but she out of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Now, I know that that all her living is talking about financial resources in this in this uh, instance, but it came to me that this woman, if she was willing to cast in everything she had financially, she had cast all of her living over onto Jesus. She had given him care of her life. I don't think that if she was a half-surrendered, half-worldly woman, she would have done that. But she cast all of her living. And this is what the Holy Spirit was talking to me about as I was preparing this little offering message. We've got to know that our lives, that we have cast in all of our living to God. Everything in our lives to him. And that is a total sacrifice that he deserves. Amen. I want to welcome you online who are watching and invite you to give with us here tonight. If you're making out checks, you can make that out to Grace Harvest Church. Um, there's uh, information um, to where you can um, send your gifts if you're watching online. And God's going to bless you when you give. You partake. I want you to partake of every single thing that's happening here tonight. It's not you're there and we're here. He is with us all. So I want you to join in tonight in your giving. If you need an envelope, there's some in the back of the pews. And uh, I just want to pray over these seeds tonight. Father, I pray that as we give, as we sow, as we 
plant this into your kingdom tonight. That right along with this seed goes all of our living, all of the cares of our life, all every, all our hopes, all our dreams. Everything is just totally fixed trusting in you. And we thank you tonight for the opportunity to sow seed into your kingdom. And Lord, I pray that it comes back in abundance, just like your word said, to each and every faithful giver. In Jesus' name, amen. I am one of these people who, when I'm ready to minister, I'm going to spend a lot of time in prayer seeking God. I'm going to see where he says he wants the service to go. I want him to tell me when to start, when to stop, when to minister, what to do, that we are in tune with his heavenly agenda. And generally, the Lord shows me the end of the service of what he wants to do, and Shows me how to preach to that destination. Tonight, I have not gotten one thing as to how this service is supposed to end. And it's kind of baffling to me because he always shows me. But, you know, I think what it boils down to is, be it unto you according to your faith. Whatever you're ready to reach out and grab from him tonight, he's ready to give it. So I just want you to take your, your, wherever you carry your expector button and just turn it up to full speed ahead. Just turn it up and grab a hold of everything that God has for you tonight because we're going to be talking about the fire of God. The fire of God. You know, there's many facets to the nature of God and um, some people know Some things, other people know other things. Some people know that God is love. And that's wonderful. Oh, my goodness. That's probably the first thing you learned. That's why you gave your heart to him, that he could love a a disgusting mess like you or me and die to save us. That's love, you know. And some people know that. And and that, but that's all they know. And uh, but thank God they know that because that's a wonderful, wonderful thing to know. First John 416 says, God is love. And then on the flip side, we have the other folks who I don't think they ever read that verse. They don't seem to understand that God is love. They think that God is a judge who's ready to put the whammy on them anytime and every time they make the smallest mistake. And is that my necklace? How's that? <laughs> No, it's still doing it. So it's not my necklace. What is it? Stop it in the name of Jesus. Ah, you didn't listen well. The people who are in the strict judgmental side, they've read Psalm 75-7 that said God is the judge. 
And God is the judge. There's no doubt about that. God is love, but God is also the judge. Do you have any suggestions of what I could do about this at all? Maybe. Maybe it was a little loose. I don't hear anything now, do you? Maybe it was a little loose. Okay. All right. They think God is the judge. And God is the judge. And we are all going to stand before God someday. Um. But God is a righteous judge. He is a righteous judge. And for those who have loved righteousness and honored God, it's a joyous judgment. It's a joyous judgment. Second Timothy 4, 7, and 8. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not only me, but unto all them that also love his appearing. We can see so many different manifestations of God's personality when we read the Bible, can't we? It's like, whoo, he's so tender, he's so gentle, whoo, he's a mighty fire. He's, he's, you know, uh, and so I think it's very important that we always remember this verse, Romans eleven twenty two, that says, "Behold, therefore, the goodness and the severity of God. Behold, the goodness and the severity of God. God is not the man upstairs, Daddy, who doesn't give a rip what you do because you know what? You're saved and that's all that matters. So you can, Pastor touched on this Sunday. It's not that you just go everywhere and do anything you, you think of. That's not grace. Grace is real, but grace is to keep us in righteousness. And it's to keep us reacting out of his righteousness, not our own. But we, but let me tell you something, sugar pie. We all will give, we will all be responsible for the fruit of our actions on life, in life. And so we can't go like, oh, he's just all love and, and, and I can do whatever I want or he's the judge. He's going to get me for everything. You know, we've got to keep the balance that God is good, but there is also a severe side to it. Um, Hebrews 12:29 says, "Our God is a consuming fire. God chose to reveal himself to Moses as an angel in a burning bush. There's fire. If you go through the Bible and you start marking everywhere that God manifested himself by fire, 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 it's really pretty amazing. Exodus 3, 3 through8 says, Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert. Have you ever felt like you're living on the backside of the desert? Yeah, I think we have all felt that at some point. And he came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in 
a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. I mean, that's pretty cool. When have you ever seen a bush? Sounds like a short. Um, and But it didn't burn anything up. But the bush was not concerned. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush is not burnt. Do you know how many people today would have been so busy on their cell phone, they would never even notice that that bush was burning and was not consumed. And they would never have turned aside to see it because they are wrapped up in their electronics or their whatever, their phone conversations, their own agenda, to where they would not even turn aside and see that. But when he did, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of Thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look upon God. That, that, see there's fear. He knew that this was, this was God who had something to say to him, but this is also an awesome, awesome God. And so he was afraid and the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and who cry by reason of their taskmasters. Because I, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. I want to tell you something tonight. We've all shed tears and cried out to God for things, and we'll even more. God does not look aside from that. God see that. He heard their cry. He hears your cry. I know Ruby, remember this old song? Tears are a language. God understands. He understands. He hears your cry. He hears your cry when you're crying out for those unsaved family members. You see the time is drawing short and the Lord is coming back and they're not ready. He hears those cries. He hears those prayers. He hears the cries of the lonely widow longing for someone to share her life with. After her beloved husband has been, is gone. He hears those cries. He came, he, he came to bring them up out of that bondage unto a good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Throughout the word of God, we see where the fire of God manifested when something significant was about to happen. One moment, one moment, Moses was just the shepherd guy out on the backside of the desert tending someone else's sheep. But in a moment, God revealed himself to him through a burning bush and started revealing to him that he had a plan for him to be the leader in Israel. After everything Moses had been through, even murdering a man? I'm going to be the leader? Mm-hmm. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? God has sent his son that his blood can change the murderer 
into a deacon, can change the prostitute into a church mother. His blood, his love. On the day of Pentecost, the fire of God came and sat upon the heads of those to whom the Holy Spirit was given. Acts 2, 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You know, in the Azusa Street Revival which began April the 9th of 1906 and continued for nine years. There were the most amazing miracles. I mean, people with limbs that had been amputated, they grew back right there in the service. Blind eyes open, like somebody's ear that had been cut off, grew back. Just phenomenal miracles. And during that Azusa Street revival, there were times when the fire department would come to the church Because the flames were leaping up from the building. But the building didn't burn. Kind of sounds like the burning bush, doesn't it? And then there were other times when fire not only came from the building up to the heavens, but flames came down from heaven and merged with the flames that were going up. And the people who were there in those services said that at those times were when the most notable, extraordinary miracles happened. But you know what? They were hungry for that, and they expected that. And in places where people are hungering and craving God, believing for displays of his salvation and signs and wonders, the fire of God can still be seen today. Many times the, the eyes of true, thirsty seekers of God will be opened. And God will allow them to see the manifestations of the fire of God. When God began to show us that he wanted to use us in the prophetic ministry, um, a man of God called us out. And one of the things that he prophesied to me was, people will see fire coming out of your mouth and fire coming out of your right hand. Well, I thought, well, that sounds pretty cool. But I didn't really think a whole whole lot. I mean, I didn't like, ooh, well, look at me, fire chick. No. I mean, it just it's like, okay. Like like Mary, when she heard what about Jesus, she's like, she pondered it in her heart. You know, I just kind of pondered it in my heart. So one time we were in Dallas, and we were in a service in a church where people come from all over the world to get miracles. Because healing, miracles, prophecy, Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, uh, legs growing out, people jumping up and out of wheelchairs and running off, canes being thrown down, people running around. This happens every service. And we were in that service. And at the end of the service, the pastor asked Pastor Walnye to come up and help him pray for people. Well, you know, that's quite an honor because when you have that type of an atmosphere in your church, The wrong person up there can just quench what God's trying to do. So we were very humbled and honored to be asked to pray for people. Well, there was quite a line of people, and um, I was laying hands on them. He was laying hands on them, and and the pastor was. And 
um, I could just feel surges of the power of God coming out of my hands. And it's that way when people are hungry. It's that way when people are craving the things of God more than the things of the world. It's that way when people have become so desperate that they're fed up with church as usual and they can't stand to live in just the natural world. They've got to have the supernatural of God active in their lives. It's like that. It's when you minister to people. It's so easy. And so... The prayer line was over and, and, and service had ended and this lady came up to me and I didn't know her. They had come from somewhere far away to uh, the service and she had come through the prayer line. Her husband had been sitting in the uh, pew and uh, she said, my husband said to me, I don't know who that lady is. And he pointed to me. He said, but I saw fire coming out of her hand. Fire coming out of her right hand. And I thought, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And that's not just for me. That's, I'm nothing. Jesus is everything. It's His power. It's His glory. If there's all, if there's anything you want to, want to give me credit with, uh, for the only thing of it is, is that I know what a big mess I am enough so much that I'm so hungry for God and everything He is. That's about the only thing you can give me credit for. I'm desperately hungry for the power of God to be seen in the world today and for his presence to touch people. I long, I cry out for people to be healed. Everywhere we go, if it's in a restaurant or whatever, a lady sitting across with us and, and we kind of been talking a little bit while we were eating and, and when she gets up, she's walking on two sticks. Can I let her walk by my table? I've been sitting there chatting to her about food. Can I let her walk by my table and not pray for her? I said, ma'am, can I pray for you? And she said, if you wish, my taxi's out here waiting. I said, just real quick. And so I prayed for her healing, and she thanked me. Will I ever know? Will I ever see her again? Most likely not. But you have to reach out and touch people. You have to. You shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. I want to be a part of his glory team, don't you? If you're hungering and thirsting after righteousness, I know you shall be filled. With so many Christians settling for so little and not expecting God to be miraculous. Those whose faith is reaching toward heaven is reaching God's heart. When God looks down at the earth and he sees the mess down here, and the people that are cursing his name, the people that are participating in sin, the people that are lying and cheating to get a better job or a better business deal, the people who are in fornication and drugs and all these things, and cursing his name while they're doing it. When he sees that, looks out the earth and he sees that mess, you think he doesn't see that hand of yours reaching up, Praising him, worshiping him, loving him, acknowledging him, reaching for him. You better believe he does. You better believe he does. What time is it? Oh, boy. Okay. I think I know how it's going to end. (laughs) I'm going to share two prophecies with you. That God gave me in 2020. 
God did not tell me who the president was going to be. He did not tell me what, I mean, there's so many prophets out here trying to sign so much stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What in the world? But he didn't tell me any of that, but he told me two prophecies in 2020. He, he said that there was a showdown coming that would be comparable to the showdown between Elijah and the prophets of Baal. Now, I want to tell you something. Right now, it might look like the prophets of Baal are winning. In some places, it looks like they are. It looks like our government's nuts. But you know what? God's showdown is coming. The second vision that he gave me, I, you know how on New Year's Eve, it's New York, isn't it, where that big ball falls? This big ball, I saw this big ball, and it was hanging up there. I knew that it was ready to fall. I could see it. But I asked, I asked the Lord, what does this mean? Is this a good ball or is this a bad ball? I heard the same thing you just heard. Nothing, honey. But I got an impression in my spirit that it was going to be determined by where you were standing. So, we're about to have encounters with the fire God that will horrify the ungodly and will thrill the righteous. Manifestation of the holy fire kept Israel by night in the wilderness. Fire rained down from heaven and destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah while angels led Lot and his family out. Some of our unsaved family members are going to go through some things that are going to terrify them because God's setting them up. Setting them up for salvation because of your prayers and your covenant. When wicked King Ahaziah sent 50 men to capture Elijah, fire came down from heaven. So what did this BB brain king do next? He sent 54, 50 more of his men. Now, wouldn't you like to have been one of them? I mean, hey, uh, I gotta get 50 men here. Uh, God just burned up the last 50, but I, I, I think you can do the job. You know, that'd be pretty freaky. Well, they went and the fire of God consumed them as well. The God who answers by fire is gonna do some outstanding things in the days ahead. When Elijah was with the prophets of Baal, 1st Kings 18:24, he said, and call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Of course, we know what happened. The fire of God came down, consumed the wet altar and the sacrifice, and uh, God showed up. The world may curse our God, and they may hate us, and they may threaten us for speaking in the name of Jesus. They're trying to heat things up so bad that, that they think we'll just burn off or burn out or they can lock down our churches or whatever and we'll, we just won't, we'll, we'll just dis- somehow disappear. They're turning up the heat, if you haven't noticed, on Christians and it has not stopped and it will not stop. It's going to get worse. They're turning up the heat on Christians. But you know what? I remember a story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they wouldn't bow to the idol that the king had erected. They wouldn't bow to that statue. 
And the king said, we'll throw you in the fiery furnace. And they said, hey, if you show us in, there's nothing we can do about that. But we believe our God will be with us. But even if not, we're, we're not going to bow. And so as things got hotter and they heated up the fire, thinking that it was going to consume Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who it consumed was the people who threw them in. It's an awesome thing to fall into the hands of God on his wrong side. God wants to do these things. There, in the Bible, there's a question that says, where is the God of Elijah? Well, I want to ask you tonight, where are the Elijahs of God? Where are the Elijahs of God? Where are those who will stand up in spite of everything and speak the word and go forth, cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead, talk to strangers about Jesus? Because God says when you go preaching, these signs will follow you. It didn't say anything about when you're sitting home, sucking on your cup of coffee and eating your Krispy Kreme. He said when you go. These signs will follow you. And they'll follow you right back into the church and you can have revival. You can have revival. First John, Second Chronicles 16.9 For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Whose heart is perfect towards him. Whose heart is perfect toward him. Does that mean that they're perfect people? No. But their heart is perfect toward him. First John 5, 4. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Now, I'm going to get into something in this last just few minutes. that I This is where I didn't know where this was going to end or not. And I hope you all are ready for this. Because I haven't been, like, questioning God about those two prophetic things he showed me. I just... Trusting him, you know, okay, you showed me that this showdown is coming, and you showed me this big ball, but I really don't know what it means exactly. Day before yesterday, God woke me up, and he said, give your attention to nothing else this morning, for I have a portal for you to enter. And I, can I go ahead, can I go to the bathroom? Yeah, you can go to the bathroom first. But don't get involved in anything else. Give me your attention. I'm like, you got it. And so I I was just, I just laid down in my bed and I'm just waiting and I'm kind of praying in the spirit and worshiping him and stuff. And uh, I just felt questions that I wanted to ask God. And um, one of the questions I asked was about, why are the things going on politically like they are? Why is our country in this shape? What's going on? And he said, what's going on is to oppress the people to the point of desperation. Now, this is not talking about us as believers, but the people who are are speaking out against him, not trusting him, or who have drifted away from a firm faith in God. 
to oppress the people, and even some people in church, I'll say that, to oppress the people to the point of desperation that they may cry out to me for help and for a mighty manifestation and visitation of my glory. That is the black ball that you saw. It's what we're going through right now. It, I mean, I don't ha- you don't have to have been a Christian for very long right now to see that the, the, the gray is not there anymore. It's black, it's white. It, the gray's not there anymore. It's a de- defining line between the people who love God and the people who don't. I said, I said, God, but so many people seem to love all the handouts and the liberal agenda. And his answer was, even though I was doing mighty things in their midst, just like the children of Israel, they kept looking back for the things of Egypt and longing for its delicacies. They craved the taste of their bondage rather than fighting to move forward into my promised land. Though many did not enter, they could not thwart my plan to bring my people into their inheritance. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. When you've got a covenant with God and you're sold out to him, you're pure in heart. What they do is not going to hinder you from coming into the promises and the inheritance and the prophecies and the things that God has spoken over your life. He said, today I cannot share with some the eternal ecstasies of my presence, for their appetite is not for me, but rather the things of the world and the evil pleasure of darkness. They lust for what is loathsome in my sight. They are disqualifying themselves for my glory. But upon the pure in heart, upon those who despise sin and evil, and hunger for my holiness and my righteousness to be revealed, I will manifest myself in miraculous ways. My showdown is rapidly approaching. For those who gratify the lust of the fleshly world will experience what I spoke in James 1.15. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. But for those who desire and walk in purity and holiness, I will pour out openly the reward of my presence. They will indeed ask and receive, seek and lavishly find, knock and see the door of my lavish abundance of glory swing widely open to them. For it is indeed my desire to tabernacle in the midst of my people, but many of their lives and their time are spent on frivolous and vain things. Time is short. If you will center your pursuits upon me and truly seek first my kingdom, laying aside every sin and hungering and thirsting for my righteousness, you shall be filled as you have never been filled before. In your showdown, just as I was to Elijah, I shall be the God who answers by fire. Hallelujah. We praise you, God. We praise you, God. If you receive that word tonight, just lift up your hands and praise him. Praise him. God, we thank you. We thank you that you are God. That you are God. 
Lord, we yield ourselves to you completely. God, we want to be in this end time revival of your glory. We want to be out there in the forefront of your kingdom, doing the works that Jesus did and even greater works. God, we're hungry. We are hungry. We set aside the sin and the waste that so easily beset us. And we're pressing into you. We're pressing into you. Your goodness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Ruby, this afternoon as I was preparing for the service, you can go ahead and put that altar music on. I don't know how much altar music, altar ministry there's going to be. We'll just obey the Holy Ghost. But Ruby, as I was uh, praying this afternoon, God told me that tonight he wanted me to pray for your eyes. Now, what's going on? What's going on with your eyes? Okay. 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 Amen. She just believed God. I don't know if you could hear that or not, but she's been fighting macular degeneration for several years. And she took shots, but now she's just stopped taking the shots. And uh, she's just believing God. She's just trusting God. Now, how many of you in here believe that God doesn't give a rip about Ruby and her eyes? No. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't care about her. Mm -mm. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Hallelujah. I want all of you to stretch your hands out toward Ruby as I pray for her. Pastor Wall, if you'll come over here and lay hands on her too. Lord, I send the word. I send the word of God into these eyes in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I curse macular degeneration. I tell it to cease its destroying work in her eyes in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, touch, touch. We send your word. We send your word. We see how you open the blind eyes. We see how you did it, God. And you told us we would do the same works that Jesus did. So right now, we send the word. Say, eyes, be normal. Be normal. Be normal. Eyesight be restored. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, I don't know if this is here or if this is somebody out there, but I'm hearing the name Sarah. Is anybody here praying for somebody named Sarah? This room praying for somebody named Sarah or have a family member named Sarah. Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray for Sarah, whoever this is, wherever she and whoever it is that's praying for her, and we release her from the bondages of darkness. We release her sickness and disease in Jesus name in Jesus name I'm going to ask you tonight to agree in prayer for a little Ruby Rue a little sweetheart who has been fighting cancer and she's been doing good but she just got a report 
report that the CAC and it's radical and it's aggressive and her family knows God and they know how to pray. And I'm just, you know what? Kathy, I feel like you're, you're supposed to pray this prayer. I've been praying for Ruby Roo all along. Would you come up here and pray that prayer for Ruby Roo? Thank you, Jesus. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just send the word yes. to Ruby. Yes. Lord, we just send your ministering angels yes, out there, God. Father, yes, Lord. they're just taking uh, body parts to yes, her that God. you've got stored up in heaven, Lord. Yes, the word God. says that they're stored in heaven. Yes. We just call them down yes. to Ruby. Yes. We just find them. It has no place in her life. We speak that it just wither and die. And we speak life to that baby girl. Life to her body right now in Jesus' name. We just call it forth in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Satan, that you come to steal, kill, and destroy, but we just decree and declare to you right now that Ruby's off limits to you in Jesus' name. She's a she's a godly a godly family and she has a covenant and i pray that for everybody here everybody here don't tolerate from the devil so it's so easy to become non-resistant it's so easy to just live with it but god never intended it to be that way he said your youth will be renewed like the eagles frank give me five brother Your youth will be renewed like the eagles. Your health will spring forth speedily. That's what needs to be coming out of our mouths. Because who's God got to carry this message and to preach deliverance and freedom to the people who need him? Who's he got? He's stuck with us. And he's happy about that. Because he knows that you've got everything it takes to do what he's called you to do and to make advancements into his kingdom. Lord, I just pray for everyone here. I pray for everyone here, God. I know there is a, I I feel that spirit of hunger in this room tonight. I feel that spirit of hunger in this room tonight. And if I can feel it, I know you can feel it, God. People are wanting to be, be put in active duty. To return to the game. To get back up and make a a, a touchdown before you come back. God, I just pray that you will restore childlike faith. That you will just give people the gifts of the Spirit in a measure like they've never known. Lord, I pray that they'll get so disgusted with their cell phones and their TVs and all that junk and it won't satisfy them. They won't be satisfied until they're in your presence. Feasting at your table. Dwelling in your glory. Visit us, oh God. America needs you. We need you. Holiday Florida needs you, God. Thank you for our pastors. Pastor David and Pastor Scarlett. God, just touch them and bless them. Thank you for the integrity of their lives. Thank you for their love for you and for one another. Thank you, God, for quality people like the two of them. 
in this church, God. And I just pray that this church will somehow, some way, step into a realm of your presence and your glory, that this will be known as a glory zone. And that if you can get there, you can get healed. God, I pray that for our churches. I pray that for our churches, not just this, God, but make them what you meant them to be, oh God. And we call down complacency and worldliness. We speak the word of God over ourselves, our families, our descendants, our loved ones, those that we've been praying for. We call them saved. We call them healed. We call them delivered. And we give you the glory and the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give him a big hand clap of praise and thank him tonight. Thank you tonight, Lord. Thank you tonight. Thank you tonight. Thank you tonight. Glory to your name. Thank you tonight, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Pastor Walt, would you close in prayer? Mm-hmm. Right. Go ahead and pray, and then she's still got Hallelujah. God's up to something today. As you read through the Old Testament, every time you saw the enemy coming against any of the men and women of God, We've got that to read that we could see where God was always up to something. And the Bible tells us God wants us to prosper and be in health as our soul prospers. And do you know, when I was a kid, Wheaties was the breakfast of champions. Well, they've got every kind of breakfast now going. But I'll tell you this, you can want health and you can eat trash and you'll not ever walk in it. Now we found out the health, exercise, and there's things to help our bodies. And I'm just believing for Ruby. I'm believing for all everyone uh, uh, that has heard this message, Pastor Scarlett and David Sunday. God is doing some wonderful things. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that wherever your word goes forth, it changes things. Wherever your word is sent, it brings back a better report. So we are praying that everybody within the sound of my voice tonight, everybody who has heard this message from Pam, maybe it's tonight, maybe tomorrow morning, but all of a sudden they wake up with the fire of God in their spirit, burning out the chaff and bringing in the power and the glory of the Holy Spirit. I speak words of healing and health, and I thank you, Father, that as Ruby ministers this song tonight, that our spirits inside of us, will be ministered to, and we will become more what God created us to be instead of what the world says we are. So we thank you for everyone here. Bless and protect them as we go forth tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.